interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Good Saturday morning. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. Stu Kearns, your host. Glad to have you along. We're halfway through the summer, actually more than halfway. Things are uh, ramping up already. Uh, boy, I heard that it's like two weeks till uh, media day for Husker football. And, uh, and of course, school's going to get started before long. So I hope your summer is going along real well. Uh, this week, uh, many of us in the news cycle, I like to cover the news of the week in the light of our faith. And the big story around here uh, was the Republican convention out in Kearney. And uh, there was, uh, depending on who describes it, there was, a, uh, in the Lincoln Journal Star, it was described as a coup, uh, others as a takeover, uh, but there was a change in power in the Republican Party, and I wanted to find somebody who was willing, who was actually there, and can give us a firsthand account of what happened, and uh, I will say this, it wasn't easy. There were a lot of folks who uh, had opinions, but didn't really want to talk uh, on the record. And, uh, and I want to say this in advance, uh, that I've had a long-term relationship with some of the folks who are impacted by these decisions. Uh, I have people in my congregation who are on both sides of this divide. Uh, but in particular, uh, uh, many harsh things were said. I think that's uh, maybe the simplest way to put it on social media. And, and even, I think, uh, some on the, on, at the convention will get some confirmation or denial of that here in just a moment. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm going to do the best I can. I'm a, I'm a pastor. I care about my sheep. I care about the flock and, uh, and I'm very, uh, protective of them. Uh, I'm going to do my best impression of a journalist today and just try to look at the facts, what actually happened. And, uh, I found so far what we've heard through most of the media is, is kind of just from one perspective, the perspective, the perspective of those who now have control of the Nebraska GOP. And, uh, and again, those who uh, I, con- I contacted several people who just didn't really want to talk. And I, it, the, I'm my, they didn't say this, but what I kind of gathered was is that they're, they're party loyalists, number one. They want uh, the party to succeed in the fall. I understand that. And there may be a few who, who uh, because of the way things went down, uh, don't feel comfortable uh, talking about things. But if you search long enough, Eventually, I found somebody who, uh, again, uh, just a, a perspective. And so I'm really grateful to uh, Skip McFerrin. He's a former uh, chief petty officer in the Navy. And, uh, uh, and he was willing to talk about what he saw, what he experienced. Thanks for being here, Skip. Thank you, Stu, for having me. You bet. Um, you, let's just a little background on you. You're from Wymore. Uh, now, why, uh, help me out. Um, Wymore is which direction? 52 miles south of Lincoln, nine miles from the Kansas border. Okay, nine miles from the Kansas border. So my dad was from Firth. How close would Firth be to Wymore? Oh, a little over 30 miles. Okay, so not not too far. Uh, And which county is that? Is that Gage Gage. County then? Okay, Gage County. How long have you lived there? Well, I'd say except for the 20 years I was gone in the Navy uh, all my life for 66, so, you know. I've always been a Gates County resident for 66 years. Yeah, yeah. There, uh, again, my uh, my mom was from Cortland, my dad from Firth, and they had a lot of family down in the Beatrice area. So we're and uh, and we the Kearns immigrated to Falls City years ago. Mm-hmm. So and then I understand your wife is from Falls City. Yes, she is. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, so. 
I have a lot of connections to Southeast Nebraska. Um, and tell me about your, t- so you got into the, uh, Navy, uh, uh, right out of high school? Or? 18. Okay. The uh, recruiter was there on my 18th birthday. So after it supper, birthday supper, and then I signed my, uh, enlistment papers. Wow. And, uh, and where, uh, where was basic training? Basic training was in San Diego. Uh, photographic intelligence school was in Denver at Lowry Air Force Base. We joined school, and then uh, in 76, they changed the uh, rating to call us intelligence specialists. Okay. And what does an intelligence specialist do, <laughs> if you can tell us? A <laughs> uh, wide variety of things. Uh, I'm trained in imagery analysis, operational intelligence. I did a stand as a political analyst where we had a very a uh, lot of, of uh, great comments on a paper I wrote and uh, just worked on a lot of crisis uh, in a, operations. Uh, I helped plan the invasion of Grenada. Wow. So for the that intelligence was, part. That was under Reagan. Is that Grenada? Mm, no, that was 80s. Might have been. I, I forgot was president. Or, or Bush the first. What? Reagan or Bush the first? I think it was Bush, but I might, I'd have to go back and look. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, it was Admiral Metcalf. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then uh, and then when did you work your way back to to uh, Nebraska? When I retired, we just came back. And originally we thought we were going to retire in St. Joe, Missouri, where my mom was. But uh, my sister just passed away and mom wasn't quite right. And we were driving up here every weekend and my wife said, let's just move back up here. So we did. Yeah, yeah. So we've been back here for 28 years. Well, that's a pretty good long stretch. Mm-hmm. And the um, and then recently, then how did you get involved in the Republican Party? I've been active, uh, calling on issues. Uh, I go say I go back to 1977 when I told uh, Linda Bird Rob, who was uh, President Johnson's daughter, that I didn't want her political information <laughs> in front of Newport News shipyard. Mm. So I have been more than a conservative my entire life. Mm-hmm. That was, that was back like in '67, you say? '77. Oh, '77. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, and then uh, a lot of people are you know they're affiliated with a party, they're active in a party, but uh, but not everybody is a delegate to a convention. Uh, what were the? Uh, how did you become a delegate? You had to sign up by in you know in the county with the county clerk, mm-hmm. and then we had a county convention and uh they voted on people and i showed up and said i'm one of the few people in this state that have made ernie chambers shut up and walk away mad (laughs) so that got me elected as a delegate there you go that was well uh ernie chambers is rarely speechless right so uh that's uh, yes that's uh, that's an accomplishment the uh, so for this particular, what, how many conventions have you? Uh, this was my first. This is your first. Okay, yes. and then it was in Kearney this year. Correct. Um, was it what you expected? No. <laughs> the, uh, Very uh, disappointed. Yeah. So, you know, I spent seven eight hundred dollars, and it was just it. It was a witch hunt from the beginning. Mm. I mean, they had some great speakers. I think as a state, we embarrassed ourselves mm. because of some of the things that were, were done out there. And I'm just extremely disappointed. Yeah. There, um, 
let's go all the way back to the beginning then. So you you sign up, you're going to Carney. I'm assuming most of the people they you know, their money's kind of pumping in because they're renting hotel rooms and they're eating out and they're doing mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Is it, a, is it a typical convention in that sense? Right. It was a, you either had to pay $125 or after a certain day, you bumped to 175 mm-hmm. Then, like, say you have your motel rooms, which was over $300, gas, Yep. you know, you know like food, but. So it's a commitment to be there. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. What? Uh, how long is the convention typically? It was supposed to have been over at three forty-five that afternoon. Okay, this is on a on a on Saturday? Saturday. Gotcha. But this crowd sit there and and they voted to keep doing it. And they went and talked to the some of the people, which they never had anyone from the uh, venue management come in and say yes, it was all right to stay late. They just said we we're going to stay as long as it takes to get what we want done. Mm. So. And it was and it was well into the about nine o'clock, I think, when they finished. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna take one break, and then uh, we'll come back with our next break to kind of walk through then what were the events and what were some of the things that uh, were troubling to you. Does that sound good? Yes. Okay. Uh, Stu Kearns here with uh, Skip McFerrin. He's a chief petty, uh, retired chief petty officer from the Navy, and uh, first time uh, delegate to the Nebraska uh, convention out there in Kearney. And uh, we just want to hear firsthand from somebody who was there and what they saw and, uh, and how it went down. And uh, maybe we'll hear some things that we, we haven't quite heard that way before. Thanks for tuning in, freshen up the coffee. We're just getting started. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Keeping the topics lively and the conversation civil, this is Friendly Fire with Stu Kurtz. On the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. We are back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday talking with uh, Chief Petty Officer, retired uh, Skip McFerrin. And uh, uh, you were there at the uh, convention out in Kearney. And uh, and things didn't go according to what you understood would be the script. When no, the schedule was not followed. The schedule was not followed. What was the first what was the first thing that happened that was out of or- out of the ordinary? Well, Eric Underwood got up and introduced a resolution who he would not show to anyone prior. I think I seen it maybe four, four to five minutes before he put it up and which was very disturbing. And the first resolution was that they could remove some from office for with or without cause. Mm. And everybody, yeah, no debate, but we're Nebraskans. Mm. If somebody should be, have to be, Proven that they did something wrong before you penalize them. Mm-hmm. This was just totally out of character. Mm. And there were, you know, his goal was to take this job mm-hmm. from Dan. Mm. So I think that was wrong that a person that was trying to unseat someone that he was going to assume that position. Mm-hmm. You know, in my world, Watching political from local, county, uh, state, foreign governments, national, you know, as an intelligence specialist, you know, we have, we have what I'm going to say, the blue-collar voters, which are the majority, that's who votes you in. Mm-hmm. But we also have, on the other side of the scale, the big donors. And you have to keep them happy. And I think that's where the scale got kind of out of whack here, where some people that were mad at the governor. But the governor was paying a lot of money to keep this party going, and I'm sure there was probably he was trying to make sure that 
you know, his interests and that he thought for the party were taken care of. Some people didn't like that. It could have been handled a lot differently mm-hmm. than what it was. But, you know, people have, you know, now they're sitting there, I've seen people up on Facebook saying, well, we can win elections without money. Not not state and not certainly not the federal elections. So I think, you know, they fractured the party right before the most important election we've had in decades because we have to get this country back on track and now we don't have that unity in this Republican Party. Mm-hmm. There's people on both sides are angry and instead of working together and I stood up in front of 600 plus people and I knew I was going to be called out of order but I told them I was ashamed of them mm. because they were more worried about sticking it to the governor than approving a party platform for our candidates to run on. Mm. And we, me and my wife talked to a candidate from the Omaha area afterwards, and they were in shock because they had no idea how their campaign was going to go forward because mm. they needed GOP funds, and they weren't sure if they were, they were going to have funds. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now, you know, with all these people resigning, you know, how is how are we going to be presenting a – you know, unified election to to fight the Democrats because you can bet your last dollar the Democrats are going to pour a lot of money in here, especially in the second district, mm-hmm. because they consider that vulnerable. Yeah. So in the in terms of the process here, the uh, I mean, normally, again, I'm uh, I'm a pastor, but we do a lot of uh, business at our local meetings and at our uh, national meetings, and uh, so Robert's Rules is just a kind of a part of the air we breathe. And, and usually, uh, if a motion is made, it has to be seconded. Fair enough. Okay, then then there's the opportunity for debate or discussion. Was there any opportunity for debate or discussion? No, and that Eric Underwood had a meeting out in Kearney. I attended that two weeks prior to the convention and was telling everybody how he was going to do this. And it was he was going to make a resolution. Somebody was going to immediately second it, and the person standing right behind them we're going to call for the vote. So there was no discussion. Mm. So nobody had a chance to speak. Mm. So this was, you know, a planned coup. I agree with that. I've, you know, watched enough of them unfold as an intelligence mm-hmm. analyst mm-hmm. to know this was coup. It was very well planned. And I'm just, I'm ashamed mm. that we weren't there. People weren't there to defeat the Democrats. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of the themes that in talking with people about this is, uh, and again, people who didn't want to go on the record, and I understand that everybody's got their reasons, uh, but one of the th- one of the themes that kept coming back was is that unity. We need party unity, and and I guess as a pastor, you know, we can we can kind of kiss and make up with people, but if we don't really if we really haven't talked it out, it's really hard to be unified. Uh, is this going to help party unity? How 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 do you, in your mind can party unity be uh, regained. It's going to take a while because I don't see it now with the way this was done. Mm-hmm. You know, me and my wife both supported Herbster, you know, for governor and Herbster loved my wife because he kept telling a story about his grandmother selling milk and egg money to buy all this land mm-hmm. and her folks used to buy milk mm-hmm. and eggs. So yep. know that, but mm-hmm. you know, now it's time 
that election's over, we got to get behind Pillen. You know, we may not support him all the way, but he is the elected official, and we need to get behind that. And I I didn't see that at the party. I mean, uh, people were being disrespectful uh, to Governor Ricketts and Senator Fisher when it was time when they walked in to speak. They were sitting down on their on their hands, not clapping. You know, respect the office. You may not like the person, but respect the office. Mm. And I just, you know, the national press was there because it's Governor Yonkins from Virginia mm. and witnessing that, oh, we sold. I, I talked with the Washington Post uh, reporter, mm. and he ended up quoting me in, on his, in his thing about how Nebraskans felt about Governor Yonkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just, it's a shame that Nebraskans didn't go there united with the sole purpose, you know, of you know winning this election and getting this country in back and saving our children. Gotcha. There, um, some of the stuff takes place in the room, and other things take place on social media and different formats. And and really, that's that's too big and broad to even you know comment on. But as you observe just the tone of what was happening in the room, how would you describe the tone? It was a mob. Yeah. When it came up to twelve o'clock, they had a prime rib buffet and pulled pork. Great. High, you know, fancy buffet, mm-hmm. and Dan, I can't remember the the GOP. It was a Walsh, the the GOP leader. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, we'll say, well, let's go to lunch. Oh no, we can't go to lunch because the leadership might pull something on us. I mean, they were so scared and so paranoid to just go eat a sandwich and come back for forty five minutes. Mm. So, you know, an hour later, you know, I'm. I just stood up and said, hey, I'm invoking the American Disabilities Act. I'm diabetic. I need to go eat. Mm. And they said, okay, go. You go eat. And about 100 people ran in the room and ate, mm. you know, in the buffet. And then another hour and a half later, the, the caterer said, well, I'm just going to pick it up and take it away. Oh, now we can go eat. But, you know, yeah. not not in there at the interest of getting what we needed to get done. Mm-hmm. You know. Which was which was you were talking about the party platform then is that basically what got delayed until yes. later and later and later yes and it was uh, it was next up on the agenda and then Eric started his amendments and those amendments were related to personnel personnel first was uh, being able to remove somebody with or without cause then it, it escalated from Eric because I will say after that I left because. It was a witch hunt, mm-hmm. and it wasn't uh, going to, you know, they weren't there to do with what we needed for the party. Mm-hmm. Was there was there individual discussion of individual names or positions, and was it, or was it was just no, kind of... Like, again, at this meeting in Kearney, they had it planned out that they were, you know, prior to the thing, that they were going to take out the GOP chairman mm-hmm. and they were going to install Eric Underwood yeah. that was already planned. He'd already had it, had it in, you know, how they were going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like I say, that's what bothers me is if you're going after someone's job for cause, you shouldn't be the one, you know, politicking to get that. So yeah. in how, you know, now with everything and it comes time to go meet with the donors after you're saying nice, nice things about the donors, mm-hmm. 
you know, who's going to take their calls? Who's, who's going to fund these commercials? You know, 15 years ago, I was talking with the uh, CEO, uh, executive vice president of the Outdoor Channel about possibly buying a spot for National Congress All West Shooters. Mm-hmm. And he told me back then a 30-second spot was over $30,000. Now it's probably fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000. Wow. And if you're talking politics, you know, you're probably talking 100000 in prime time mm-hmm. where we need to get our candidates out there. Who's going to give us that money? You know, one of the people that ran the coup came out and said, well, if 50000 uh Nebraskans wrote a $20 check, that's fantasy land. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Yeah. You know, we need, you know, you, like I said before, you need to keep the blue collar people that are the voters, the the majority vote, 90% mm-hmm. of the votes, but you also have to keep the big donors writing checks if we're going to have an election mm-hmm. that we can win. Yeah. And right now, I don't see that. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to take another break here and then we'll come right back. I want to uh, circle around on a couple of these issues. One of those things being, um, Okay, if you're a Republican, period, there are certain things that we always think of as Republican values that maybe would be the glue that holds that room together. And, uh, and so I want to just talk about that with you, what your take is on that. And, uh, and again, I've been a, most of my life I've been a Republican, so I, I have my own take on what I think are Republican values and, and, and what probably wins elections in Nebraska. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday, talking with uh, retired Chief Petty Officer Skip McFerrin. Glad to have you along. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday here on The Voice of Lincoln. Uh, uh, for, that's 1400 KLIN and 99.3 Interesting topics to kick off your weekend Looking at the news with an eye of faith Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns 1499.3 KLIN Welcome back, it's Friendly Fire Saturday Talking with uh, retired Chief Petty Officer Skip McFerrin He was a delegate at the uh, GOP convention out in Kearney And one of the things that... Uh, you know, we're thinking about what's the glue that holds a party together, and uh, uh, and and whether you're on this side or that side, it it it's, it seems like for people who call themselves Republicans, there are certain things that are part of that that secret sauce, that glue that kind of pulled people together. What uh, I guess two ways to thinking about that from your perspective. What is that secret sauce, that that Republican glue that that makes you say, this is what it means to me to be a Republican. It's love of country, love of God, love of family, and taking care of, you know, the people around you and helping. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you have to help the little guy, the next guy up the chain. You know, just keep help, helping people up. Mm-hmm. You know, then somebody helps you up. But we keep the process going. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, God and country is what we're about, yeah. you know. How about limited taxes, maybe smaller government? Limited taxes, all that. Uh, I say I don't have the party platform with me Mm -hmm. that was proposed, but I was amazed it had every value that we needed to win this election. Mm. And people were, like say, were not interested in getting that approved so that our candidates could run on it. Mm. So, you know, it's Second Amendment, pro-life, you know, less taxes, everything was in there. Mm-hmm. And like I say, people were not interested. They were, you know, you know, the way they were acting, 
Mm. You know, they didn't care to, you know, about this stuff. If they ever, I don't know if they ever proved it because after it got into such a mob mentality, I left after about four o'clock. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stand it anymore. I was so ashamed. Yeah. There, uh, now, Senator Fisher, uh, one of the other big names, was there, and, and you indicated that people kind of sat on their hands. I, I just can't think of anything that she's done that would, that would offend a conservative voter. There was a vote, uh, and I can't remember what it was, but they didn't like what, what she voted for. But personally, Senator Fisher's office has personally helped me, mm-hmm. her uh, military aides, you know, Roger Lemke, and then the, the second one that took Roger when he retired have helped me fight with the VA over a couple issues. Mm-hmm. So I was very grateful for that. And uh, I think that she's a good senator. You know, the governor, the same thing. They didn't they didn't stand up and applaud the governor. But like I said, you know, you know, honor the office. You may not like the man, but honor the office. Mm-hmm. So I did not see that happening there. And I just think that, you know, I've, you know, People were making comments that you know, you know, screw the governor, mm-hmm. but that's not what we were there for. We were there, like, say, we have a new governor coming in. We have to feed the Democrats. This election is too vital. We need to get somebody that'll fight, get rid of CRT, get rid of you know that they want to replace mother with birthing person. You know, all that sort of stuff that that the Democrats are trying to push down, you know, our throats. You know, like, look like here, here in Lincoln, the streets are horrible, but you have a liberal mayor wanting to build bike trails and walking trails, but the streets are terrible. You need to get people with common sense conservative to put the people's money where it needs to be. Yeah, I'm. I've, I've I've lived in Lincoln my whole life, and I don't know if the streets have ever been great, but they're, that's that's kind of like a perpetual issue, isn't it? Yes. Uh, but one uh, uh, one of the other questions I had was this: the uh, there's there's been some reporting, and I read the the Nebraska Examiner and so forth, and uh, I read a piece from the World Herald. I read all the stuff in the Journal Star. Um, if if you've surveyed any of that, what so far just seems to be missing in the reporting? Uh, what's the uh, Sometimes I wonder if, if, if again, the intent behind it is what I'm okay. Is these people had this is something that they planned for months mm-hmm. and they did it in secrecy. If you want to do something, you should have been above board, like say the resolutions that Eric uh, submitted, like say the two weeks prior in Carney, he wouldn't show anybody these resolutions, well, they're in draft. Mm -hmm. And I was a little concerned too, when he was trying to tell everybody that the governor had people out front taking pictures of our license plates, you know, just to prove who was there because that, you know, it just wasn't all there because, you know, Mm -hmm. the governor's not going to, we don't live in a Gestapo state. Yeah. And that's kind of how they were kind of portraying it, Mm. you know? So it just, it was amazing, you know, when it, the Democrats are so secretive, but I say it, it was kind of like Nancy Pelosi's moment for Nebraska's is pass these resolutions, but don't read them. Mm. We so, have to pass them so we can, you know, they were, them. you know, weren't given to the, to the, uh, legal and now, or Nebraska legal for the party. 
to make sure everything was right. Mm-hmm. The parliamentarian, nothing. It was just, you know, all this was done in secret. And, you know, I I think it's wrong. We're, Nebraskans are better than this. Yeah. We have an open system here, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. You know, if, if they're if they're tired, because I the last figure I saw was that Governor Ricketts and the and the national GOP provide seventy eight percent funding for the state GOP. If people are mad about that, start writing checks. Mm. You know, take over that money so that they're not. Uh, Eric Underwood also told me that the governor is the largest donor to the Lancaster County mm. GOP. And this is where this thing started all out of, mm. you know, here in Lincoln. So, yeah. you know, if you, you know, if, if you don't like someone, they could, they could have sit down. It, you know, it went from a no confidence vote is what they were talking about for Taylor Gage to, mm. you know, the GOP leader, Dan, no confidence vote, you include him to where we're going to take, take him out of office. Mm-hmm. I mean, there could have been some, talking you know you know get the central committee you know the people they wanted to elect the central committee and say okay mm-hmm. the, the central committee is going to direct you to do this mm-hmm. instead of doing this at the convention where all the press is there the democrats are they're just reeling you know matt mm-hmm. ennis got hauled away in handcuffs and i've heard conflicting stories i've heard people that were out there you know say some things i didn't witness it but mm-hmm. i talked to the police sergeant that handcuffed him prior Mm -hmm. to that, Mm -hmm. you know, out, out, you know, in the morning and he seemed like he was a pretty calm and cool dude. So Mm -hmm. something had to happen there, you know, for, you know, him to, you know, arrest Matt Ennis. But, you know, they spent so much time trying to get delegates seated. You know, if, you know, if, if there's problems, it could have been worked out prior to the convention. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So but last... with all these all these party officials that have resigned, I just don't I don't know how they're going to, you know, you know, in a few months now, what, four months to the to the elections, mm-hmm. how they're going to get all these candidates taken care of. Let's pick up that uh, topic after the last break here. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday talking with the retired Chief Petty Officer Skip McFerrin. Uh, glad to have you along. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday on The Voice of Lincoln, 1499 KLIN. Bringing you local voices to break down the news of the week. Friendly Fire with Stu Kurds on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday here talking with retired Chief Petty Officer uh, Skip McFerrin and just getting another take, a firsthand uh, account of what happened at the Republican National Convention. And, um, and again, I'm not a Republican at this time. I, I have been in the past. I... I would say I still probably approve of the vast majority of the Republican platform. Uh, for me, it became more of a personality thing. Uh, and uh, and I, my listeners know that I am, am not a, a fan of, of President Trump. Uh, and, and not necessarily always because of policies, but just because of uh, character. And, uh, and uh, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> but as we think in this last segment about ways to move forward... Again, I, I hear in the in the news media that people are like, well, we need to pull together. We need to, you know, mend fences and and so. But but there's a you just mentioned a lot of practical stuff that has to be done. I mean, the, the two top things that occur to me are fundraising and and hiring people. 
uh, any any clue as to we talked a little bit about fundraising here and that's going to be a challenge but but what about filling those positions uh, any any understanding of where that's at or no I have no I don't but that's going to be hard who are you going to want to you know get to come in mm-hmm. you know to run these things you know you know these people that have been you know resigned or, or you know and quit or fired. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think they're going to be wanting to help the people that they just, the way it was done, there's so much animosity out there. Yeah. You know, the party is fractured right now mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there shaking my head, trying to figure out how there is a path forward. Mm. And, you know, I think a lot of people are going to wake up and regret what they did. Mm when we lose some elections that we were really hoping for, mm-hmm. you know, there, um, now one, one of the realities is, is that again, up to this convention, the Democrats probably didn't have a much of a sense that they had much hope in some of these elections other than maybe the first district, uh, uh, Congress race, which was a reasonably close, but, but statewide votes generally aren't that close. Uh, but do you think this moves the needle in terms of because the bottom line is people can say that media buy-in and everything doesn't matter that much, but but the truth is, I mean, well, the oh. second district is I think in play right now. Yeah, they what they came out and said we only have a one percent uh, advantage over the Democrats in the second district. Mm-hmm. I think it was thirty-five to thirty-six, but now you've got all those independents, and with the with the lack of funds, if that occurs, the independents are going to get a whole lot of Democratic, pro-Democratic ads. And we, you know, the Democrats may or may not tell the truth, you mm-hmm. know, on things. You know, they'll distort things. And where are we going, you know, where are we going to counter that? If we don't have the money to buy the ads and the advertising, you know, the candidates in Omaha, you know, the greater Omaha area. They're going to have to buy media time, and where is that money going to come from? Mm-hmm. You know, you are you going to go up and to Governor Rick and say, "Hey, can you give us two million dollars for ads?" When you when they just humiliated him, mm-hmm. and they're sitting there running, a lot of people running around gloating about that, which you know, like I say, respect the, respect the office, mm-hmm. or come up with solutions. Don't don't come up and say there's a problem without thinking out the solutions. Yeah. So the uh, so in terms of mending fences, uh, is there are there things that that the new leadership could say to you that would that would give you hope or would give you a, a sense of okay, we could turn this thing around. I have to respect the person first, and the way the new chairman d- is done, I cannot respect that. Mm-hmm. And I am a constitutional conservative. I try to work. I've worked for the GOP in the past on on a few issues, and have worked on multiple campaigns. But I can't, like I say, I don't trust the man mm. because if you know if he can't come out in the light of day and say what he wants to do and has to do it in secrecy, you know, it's just I like I say I don't know how if people can trust him. Yeah. And he's going to fill out and see who they run for the chair if he, if he gets the next time. 
Now, the the way this works, I know that each uh, so there's there are statewide offices, then there are county offices mm-hmm. in each county. You're in Gage County, right? And so you've got uh, whatever, however many counties there are. Is it 49 or something? 93. Oh, 93. And then so you've got uh, 93 county chairs, I assume, mm-hmm. uh, across the state. Uh, is there a is there a hope that all those county chairs are going to start talking and building bridges and kind of rebuilding things? Or is this really a, could it be a grassroots kind of healing or is it going to need to be a, a top down kind of healing? Uh, hopefully, you know, if they stop the secrecy part, you know, you know, and build, but I don't see the people clamoring come back on because why are they going to want to come you know mm-hmm. and get involved if it's just going to be a big fiasco in fighting mm-hmm. you know you want to show unity you know yeah. you know we have a fighting spirit this is how we're going to beat the democrats not go after each other's throats yeah yeah what's the next major than uh, nebraska gop uh event is it is there really just the elections just the elections that's yeah. it and then what's the next thing after that? Would there be is there something in there the are 20- some there's there are some meetings that they they'll have in the in the central committee uh, will get together. They have sub district, you know, you know each like I think the were three hundred two Gage, Saline, and Jefferson County, but Jefferson County does not have an active party right now. Gotcha. So and there's other the sub districts and they go on up. Mm-hmm. So you know. If those some of those people will be voting for with Eric mm-hmm. Underwood, but are the people in the counties, you know, going to follow those type people? I think they'll mark GOP, but you know, on the ballot, but they're not going to be getting in and and working to rah rah for the party. Mm-hmm. Just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, not from what the people I've talked to. Gotcha, gotcha. There, uh, again, it's, I, I, for my whole lifetime, I think I've heard every election cycle that this is the most, you know, influential, important, you know, new election cycle ever. And then somehow the next one becomes even more important. But what are some of the things that, uh, that as you think, not only nationally, but locally, uh, some of the key issues that, that are, are going to be the issues, whether it's this year or 2024, what seem to be the issues as the, as, as a Nebraskan you think about that are, that really are going to be uh, probably some of the deciding issues? The Roe versus Way overturn. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I think the Democrats are are. Yeah, you know, I seen just heard read a heard of a poll where they've closed the gap mm-hmm. on the GOP uh, Second Amendment issues. You know, uh, mm-hmm. they're the, I think two of the biggest. Religious freedom, the school, getting CRT out of school. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Democrats, if they get control again, they're going to want to pack the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a whole lot of bad things that are going to happen. The country's in a very bad situation right now. Mm-hmm. And if they don't fight and get control back of Congress, you know, you know, the Congress and the Senate, we're, we're going to be hurting in this country. Yeah, it is interesting with Roe v. Wade. I feel like there's again. I'm a pro-life pastor. I have been my entire career, and I continue to be. Uh, one of the things that is just I, one of the most common misunderstandings about this is that it does not uh, eliminate abortion. It simply returns the issues to the states. 
And uh, so it's it's actually, again, a state's rights issue as opposed to a, you know, when, when this decision came out two weeks ago, it did not end abortion. Uh, it simply returned that question back to the 50 states, which uh, which I feel like is just a very, very common misunderstanding. Nebraska will, it means Nebraska will decide for Nebraska, right? Correct. And, uh, and it doesn't mean that uh, other states may not land uh, in a different position, a position I don't agree with. But but it means Nebraska will decide for Nebraska. But the Democrats are portraying it completely different. Yeah. They're saying, that, oh, it's going to stop all abortions yeah. everywhere. You know, And that's where we need the money right now to buy countering advertisements mm-hmm. and give a strong message. But if you're sitting there trying to figure out how to turn the computer on, <laughs> you know, yes. we're not getting that done. And yeah. that's what I think the people yeah. didn't realize. All they, they kept hearing word of mouth, well, this was done, this was done, this was done. But like I say, I never saw any evidence written out stating what they did. So was there probably some problems? Yeah, there were problems. Yeah. But they were never brought to the general floor of what people actually did. And like I say, when you pass a resolution that someone can be removed from office without cause, you know, that that should scare everybody. Yeah, yeah. Hey, thank you so much for taking your time to be here. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, sharing the microphone today with the retired Chief Petty Officer Skip McFerrin. And I leave you saying, as I always do, to think about it and talk about it. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.